Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, domus de caballeros, guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Walt Street Journal, the official podcast of the R Walt Disney World subreddit. My name is Zach Grimm. As I say every single episode, I am super happy to be here with you talking all things uh, the Walt Disney World universe and all things the R Walt Disney World subreddit. But as always, I do not do this alone. I do this with my friends from the R Walt Disney World subreddit and the R Walt Disney World Discord server. Going down the list, ladies and gentlemen, Amber is back again. Amber, how are you? Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> and we've called him Magic Band Matt. We called him, uh, I think it was Trash Can Matt for some reason last time. I don't know what the new nickname is for him this week, but we'll find it. Matt is back with us again. Matt, how are you, I'm sir? great. Uh, it's good to be here. I hope I can land with a nickname that is not trash related. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember why that was what we said last time, but I feel like we did. And the good news is, is that we have a whole nother person that's going to be on the podcast with us. Somebody that was with us from the start, but just hasn't been able to make some of the recordings. Jeremy, no nickname for Jeremy yet. We'll have to find it out. But Jeremy is here. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Wall Street Journal. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm pretty good. Jeremy is here, ready to go. Amber and Matt, ready to go as well. We are going to talk all things Walt Disney World. We're going to get into the top five posts from the R Walt Disney World subreddit over the last two weeks. And then we're also going to get into our Here's What You Missed segment. But 50% of the panel today has actually come back from a Walt Disney World vacation in the last couple weeks. Amber and Matt have both returned from the vacation capital of the world. So I want to give them a couple minutes here at the start. Amber, what did you notice during this December 2022 at Walt Disney World that uh, that caught your eye? And Matt was there as well. So uh, he's going to jump in and give his thoughts as well. Um, the cast members seemed a little bit happier than the last time I was there. Interesting. So we, yeah. So, so I guess maybe they were celebrating, uh, you know, a little certain someone getting the axe. <laughs> we have heard that cast members. I mean, I think the 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 big messaging app that a lot of cast members use now is Yik Yak. That's what I've heard. That is the big one that goes around. Uh, I have seen many a TikTok thread and many a, a post about the Yik Yak uh, threads that were going around after. After Chapek was uh, was summarily let go, so I can believe that the, uh, the the cast members were happier. Matt, what did you notice down there uh, uh, that might have struck your fancy? Yeah, uh, first on that note that Amber mentioned, uh, it was very funny because I did the the very first thing we did was the Frozen sing along at Hollywood Studios, and one of the, one of the MCs. There was a picture of all these characters from Frozen, and one in the back was smiling really big. And he said, "Look, they're all happy that it's like Olaf was there or something." Except that guy in the back, he's just happy that Bob Iger's back. And I thought that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, you know, a whole auditorium of I don't know how many people they fit in there, but several hundred at least, and just throwing a Bob Iger joke within what a week of it happening. <laughs> I feel like the Frozen Ever Laughter sing-along is the one place on Disney World property that they have a little bit of a, a, a play, a little bit of wiggle room to kind of make jokes like that yeah. and to to kind of 
break the fourth wall, if, if as mm-hmm. you will. Um, I mean, that's where we've seen like the puddle jokes and everything like that have kind of come through. And those two cast members who are the, I guess, the, the hosts, the MCs, phenomenal, phenomenal performers. So I will say that the, the one question I wanted to ask you guys, because we've seen some posts specifically in the last couple of days about this. And I actually was in Walt Disney World December 1st through the 11th of 2021. And I was wanted to kind of compare it. What were the crowd levels like for you guys at the beginning of December uh, this year? I didn't think it was too bad. Um, I do use the DAS Pass, though. Um, unfortunately, I had some medical stuff come up the last couple of years, and it's just uh, I'm allergic to the sun and heat now, which is fun. <laughs> so um, Walt Disney World, the perfect place for you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, really – even without it, I mean, we, I didn't really see two super long wait times. Um, not not as bad as people have been saying since before this month. Um, but like, I did routinely check just to see. And I think I think most of the time I saw maybe the maximum was an hour for most of the popular rides. I oh, think wow. at one time maybe hmm. I saw Seven Dwarfs at 90 minutes. Um, but I never saw anything more than, than 90 minutes for sure. I think Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and... Um, I think I saw the Millennium Falcon was like 62 minutes one day. Oh, wow. Matt, what were crowds like in your experience? Because that was the big thing. Everybody's saying over the last, we're, we're recording this on the 14th, over the last few days, I mean, it seems like, you know, people are walking onto Main Street uh, at Magic Kingdom and there's nobody there. It's like a ghost town right now. Yeah. No, I I would say I agree. I also went last December at the beginning. I would say 2021 in my memory uh, felt a little less crowded for sure, but this wasn't too bad. I don't think uh, maybe definitely busier than September. I went this past September and it was definitely a little busier than that, but I don't, I don't think it was nearly as bad as I've experienced it before. Um, that first week of December is just so great for that. The only, yeah, the only like the only significant weight, at least that seemed abnormal was Tower of Terror, but that's because they're doing that stealth refurb. Uh, that one would mm, be, yeah. I think the crowds have caught up to it being in stealth refurb because it was, I saw 120 minutes for Tower of Terror, over 100 minutes for Tower of Terror a few times. And even grabbing it as for Genie Plus, I used uh, one or two days, not very often, but I used it a couple times. And one of the days I was, I grabbed Remy's, for my first one and had invoked the two hour rule when I came back to do the two hour rule. So this was my very first one after park open tower of terror was out. So I refreshed it during lunchtime and was able to grab it later. Uh, but otherwise I don't think I would have gotten on tower of terror this trip because it was regularly at, um, I mean, I don't even remember what the lowest I, I saw it, but it definitely was over a hundred for a decent amount of the days. Man, that's a lot, especially in a park that, in my opinion, really needs some some people eater attractions right now because it is it is hurting in mm-hmm. that respect. And we might talk a little bit about Hollywood Studios coming up in our top five posts from the past two weeks. You go to the R Walt Disney World subreddit. If you post on the subreddit, you may be featured on the podcast. We go back to the last two weeks. We take the most popular posts and we talk about them right here on the show like this one. The most popular post of the last two weeks 
from user Fantastic Mickey. It's a photo of what appears to be the uh, the light the castle show. I'm sorry, at Mickey's very merry Christmas party. The title is The Stranger Behind Us Took This Photo During Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. She tapped me on the shoulder and said, I don't mean to be weird, but I took this. It's now our favorite Disney photo. It's a great photo. Looks like a husband and wife arm in arm watching the uh, watching the show. Just a, a heartwarming moment. And if you're going through the, the, uh, the comments, you kind of heard a lot of people talking about how that's such a great picture and like they really enjoy Mickey. Uh, Mickey's very Merry Christmas party because it kind of lends itself to these great uh, these great things and the holidays at Disney are so magical. I know Matt, you said that a lot when you were prepping for your trip. So I wanted to ask: uh, we all kind of like the holidays at at Magic Kingdom at, at Walt Disney World. It's a very common thing. So, what is your favorite thing about Walt Disney World holidays? Let's start with our newcomer to the podcast, Jeremy. Jeremy, what's your favorite thing about the holidays at Walt Disney World? Well, the only uh, holidays I've really spent there is uh, Halloween. I've never done any of their <laughs> Christmas stuff or any of that. Um, but yeah, I take the kids out to uh, during their Mickey's Not So Scary, and they they really enjoy the trick or treating out there. That's one thing that I have never gotten to do yet. My son's four, so I'm hoping the next couple of years it kind of is the right age for him. Uh, but the 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 trick or treat trails, especially being able to go in the trick or treat trails and like inside the Enchanted Tiki Room or through Monsters Inc. Laugh Factory, like places where you don't right. normally get to see them lights up and everything like that, that seems uh, that seems like a little added bonus. Uh, Amber, what's your favorite thing about Walt Disney World holidays? I like Christmas. I just something magical about that fake bubble snow on Main Street. <laughs> I think they're they're starting to sell that. Like you can buy machines that do that in like the Walmart's and Targets all around the country now. Yeah, and but the the nice thing is I don't know if you've noticed this if if you've ever gotten it in your eye it doesn't burn. Oh, that's nice to know. So, I guess Disney is aware that children or maybe adults like me will be looking up and, and, and going, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I got it in my eye at the party, and I was really surprised. I was like, oh, it's going to burn. I'm like, this doesn't burn. Disney has, has probably worked with some manufacturer to, like, genetically change bubbles and, you know, make them not burn, which was cool. But, yeah, I love the snow on Main Street. It's my, my favorite thing. Matt? You talked a lot about being excited for the holidays at Disney World. What was uh, what's your favorite thing about? Yeah, it? well, initially I was going to say, especially like the trees or the Grand Floridian. I love going to their lobby and seeing the gingerbread house and the tree, and the, oftentimes there's a pianist playing live Disney tunes and Christmas tunes, and I think that the atmosphere is really great. But I just realized. I'm always a sucker for seasonal or limited edition, you name it, merch, food, whatever it is. If it says limited edition <laughs> for some reason, I the marketing technique there works on me every time. And the food, I love, I'm a big fan of the cranberry or peppermint or those types of perhaps a little more holiday type flavors. So I was a sucker okay. for anything, anything limited holiday hot chocolate anything like that that was a limited food or special holiday food um i really enjoyed what was the what was your favorite uh limited edition treat food drink that you had yeah great question the one of definitely one of the best items that i had was a 
an old fashioned, but instead of the orange syrup, it was cranberry syrup. And that was at the Enchanted Rose. And I was pretty impressed by it. I liked the, the cranberry was a nice uh, difference. Interesting. I'm, I'm a big uh, hot chocolate fan. So like I will try any type of hot chocolate you give me, except for even though I am, I, I'm half Mexican. I don't like what a lot, of, like I don't like what Disney is normally called like Mexican hot chocolate, which is not actual Mexican. hot. It's not like the abulita chocolate or like a champarado or anything like that. It's just hot chocolate with like chili powder in it, which it's not good. I don't know why <laughs> that that becomes like a thing. I, that's me personally. I like chamoy like uh, candy with like some spice to it. But I don't like chili pepper or chili powder in hot chocolate, uh, and that was that was the thing that made me sad because I liked all the hot chocolate except for that one. Uh, Do you think they tone it down just to be more palatable to everyone? Because I've never actually had real Mexican hot chocolate, so I don't really know. I'm assuming you're saying because based on what you said, it's probably like a spice spice. It's, but it's it's not spicy. It mm. has. It's not just like you know chocolate syrup and milk type of thing. It's got more spices to it. Uh, it's it's like an, uh, an atole, which is like a. There's a lot of different types of atoles, but like a champarado is. Uh, it's like a. It's Mexican chocolate melted in, and then a lot of times, uh, you put some like a, a corn flour, a little bit of corn flour or something, just to thicken it up because it's meant to be kind of be like a hearty drink. Okay. Um, it's to me, I don't think it's that different from a standard hot chocolate. It just has a little bit more depth of flavor. A little bit more spices to it, but not spicy and not like punch you in the mouth flavorful. But that's me. I, I also, I'm that guy. I'm the people that, uh, or I'm the person that people get mad at because I go, oh, it's not spicy. It's not spicy at all. And then they have it and it's like super spicy to them. So don't take my word for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but for me, uh, favorite thing about Walt Disney World holidays, if we're keeping it with like Christmas, because I've only been to, to the holidays, like Christmas, once at Walt Disney World. Um, and as a DVC owner at Animal Kingdom, the tree at Jumbo House is I, – I love it. I love walking in and seeing the, the huge thing there. I, I'm a big fan of Jumbo House at, uh, at Christmas time, even, even Kidani Village, which is where I normally stay. Um, so here's the uh, question for both Amber and Matt specifically, since you guys went to, uh, went to during the holidays, did either of you do Mickey's very Merry Christmas party this year? I did. You, you yeah. both did thoughts on the, I, let's say this year specifically, don't take the whole thing. Cause everybody kind of knows that, but this year, the first like full year back or whatever they're calling it since the pandemic, what do we think? How was it? Matt, you want to go first? Sure. I this was my first time at the party, and I went to the after hours last year, and it that was my very first after hours or party that I went to. So there may be some first time, I don't know, nostalgia that that brings me back. But I I thought the after hours party had a, a significantly lower crowd than this. Uh, just plain party from six to what midnight and that gave it really that gave it a different vibe the part i went to the halloween party too this year and these two parties i love i love what you can do the characters you can see the fireworks are two of my favorite nighttime shows that are available at disney and the lines are certainly a lot i mean 
it, it really is significantly lower weights for most things. Uh, but the, the after hours party was a little, I know it was, there's a lot of people that probably were not happy with it, especially cause it was more expensive than this, this year's party. Uh, but the, the num the crowd was so much lower that it did make it a, I would say a more pleasant experience for me, at least in my, in my own experience. But I really enjoyed this year's party. It just had a lot. It had more people than I would like to see at a party like this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll try to sandwich in my my negative and positive. I didn't like that they didn't have limited edition merchandise for the party. Um, I know it was like the first year back, but I we collect the limited edition pins. That's kind of the one thing we like to do, and I was pretty bummed um, they didn't have that. But I don't know if you grabbed them, but they were giving out the Christmas tree ornaments and the lithograph. Did you get those? Yeah. So I thought that was really nice. Um, it's still not a limited edition pin, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's okay. It's, it's really cool. We have it up on a tree. Um, I went in because obviously we go to Disney all the time. We're also DVC members like Zach. Um, and I went in and I didn't care about any of the rides. I wasn't there for the for the rides. I was like, I want to do just the Christmas stuff because I want to do the stuff that you can only do during the Christmas party. Um, the one thing that kills me, and this is always true for every nighttime show, is the friggin' weights. Like trying to get a seat for the parade was a nightmare. You have, I can't, I still can't believe you have to line up. Like unless you do the the late one, and I'm old, so I can't, I can't hang. But um, yeah, like. <laughs> trying to get a spot for the parade it you have to line up like two hours and my legs just can't i can't stand there like that and then sitting down and then my i can't get up and then it's just like it's a nightmare but yeah i mean i did notice compared to prior parties i've been to because we normally go this time of year and we always try to do christmas or uh, you know um halloween went for christmas this year and i did notice it did seem a little bit more busy to me than past times um, that could just be because it's back. I know last year they had like a watered down version of it and, you know, not a lot of the, the things were there. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, like I said, this, the parade thing was, was frustrating and no limited edition merch, but, um, you know, the holiday stuff was nice. Now, Jeremy, you obviously, uh, didn't go to this year's, uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. You went to, you've gone to the, the, um, Mickey's Not So Scary in the past, what is it about the the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party that hasn't gotten you kind of up to go? Because I feel like a lot of people say that that is the one to go to. Is it just that you're more of a Halloween guy over a Christmas guy? Or is it something specific with what the Not So Scary offers as opposed to what Very Merry offers? I, I, I mean, I'm definitely more of a Halloween person over Christmas. Uh, I mean, we're, we, love, we love Christmas here, but we're definitely more Halloween people. Um, one of these days, though, we we do plan on making the trip down uh, to check out the Christmas, but it, it probably won't be for another year or two before we actually do that. <clears throat> yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of people are saying is that it's you're seeing this this divide now more and more people who are Halloween and that's the that's their fall winter celebration versus Christmas, um, and I feel like that Disney is starting to ramp up a little bit more Halloween, even in Florida to try to compete with Halloween horror nights on the universal side. It's obviously not the same demographic that people are going mm -hmm. for, but 
Uh, I feel like over the last couple of years, Disney has really kind of bought in and went like, oh, Halloween is like there's big business to be made at Halloween. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses going uh, forward. One thing that is definitely big business for Disney is food, which leads us to the number two post of the past two weeks posted by Kill the Inc., Kill the Incorporated. Uh, This one, a nice photo of four classic Disney breakfast items, actually all the same items, one item, but four of them. Uh, Mickey waffles doused in syrup. Uh, you don't know where this person is at because they didn't say it, but I believe it's at an all-star resort. Uh, just a photo of those Mickey waffles. It got me hungry when I saw it, but it does make me want to talk a little bit about the best breakfast on property. Matt, I'm going to go to you first. Best breakfast on property. Where are you going? Okay, I I haven't been to enough places to properly answer this, but in my own experience, and this is more so holistically and also the pock juice, but I love Ohana. When it comes to ADR breakfast, that is certainly the the few breakfasts that I have had, that one was pretty high up there for me. Um it's hard sometimes with those all-you-can-eat breakfasts because they can be a little less flavorful than you might want. But I would say that it was a really memorable experience, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and then, but for quick service, I do have to shout out the Ronto wraps. The breakfast wraps are pretty good. I, I like those a lot. So that would be those would be two of the places that I'd um, probably try to go again. Yeah. Jeremy, if you had one place and it is the only place you can go to breakfast at Walt Disney World, where is it going to be? Probably Starbucks. I got I got to drink my coffee. <laughs> that that that's my breakfast. <laughs> but uh Are you are you no, a Starbucks guy over a Joffrey's guy? No. Um, <laughs> just wherever I can the closest place to get coffee. Um but uh no, one place uh, I really did enjoy, uh we did the Tusker House. Mm. Uh, buffet for breakfast and uh it's been a couple years now uh we're not normally big breakfast people but we did we did sit down and eat there and i I do recall really enjoying that wow so two buffets two out of two on buffets amber are you going to keep it going three out of three buffets for your best breakfast on property yeah i was actually gonna say i'm trying to think i mean I, i really actually like cinderella's royal table um that's the one we we probably eat at most. It's a it's it's a little bit easier to get um, than the breakfast dinner. as opposed to like a lunch or dinner. Or like dinner. I also was thinking, like I mean, I haven't been to a buffet in, in forever, um, but the Crystal Palace was actually pretty good. They have this like Pooh's breakfast lasagna, and for some odd reason, when you said breakfast, like I've literally not had this in years, but it popped into my head. I just remember really liking Pooh's breakfast lasagna. <laughs> and like, so that, yeah, I think it's got to probably be that. I just like, yeah, I don't even, I'm trying to look up to see what's in it, but it was, it was just delicious. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I really liked uh, Crystal Palace breakfast. I remember taking our son there when he was like one. Yeah, he was like one there. And it was, it's super cute, like to have a one year old sitting there just eating fruit at, $35 a head or whatever it was yeah, at the right. time. <laughs> um, but uh, I think my my pick would be, I, you know, it, it used to be Ohana. You guys know my thing with Ohana. It used to be yeah. my favorite place in the world. 
from food perspective. And it's just gone so incredibly downhill for me. Uh, not that it can't be for other people, not for them. Um, but 1900 Park Fair is probably my favorite breakfast that I've had at Walt Disney World. And I feel like it's one that a lot of people went to. Still has not reopened since the pandemic. But it's in the Grand Floridian and it's a breakfast buffet, um, but just not as well known, I felt. And the one item I remember, and it being very specific, was strawberry soup, which was like a blended yogurt, uh, you know, like a yogurt drink almost, like a yogurt smoothie. But that you could ladle it in, it was like soup. And it was delicious because I love strawberries. Uh, that is a character breakfast. You get Winnie the Pooh, you get Alice in Wonderland, Mary Poppins, a lot of my favorite characters. So I was a I was a big fan of 1900 Park Fair, and I hope I hope one day that it reopens because it has not been open since pre pandemic. Um, but this also made me think of the question that I feel a lot of people, and maybe a lot of DVC people, because of the kitchen and the kitchenettes in the in the rooms. But a lot of people. Uh, when they're trying to save a little bit of money at Walt Disney World, the easiest thing to do is to have breakfast on the go or have breakfast in your room. So down the line, simple and easy, uh, are you more often than not, are you breakfast in the room or are you breakfast at a place? Like, are you going to breakfast or are you just doing breakfast in the room? Amber. Um, usually both. We have a little appetizer in the room. <laughs> And then we grab something to eat in the barks because when you, well, I'm not going to say when you travel with a child, because honestly I do it without her. Um, but yeah, I, I got to get a little fuel in the tank. <laughs> so we usually go to the little, little store the hotel has and get like, you know, a box of donuts or a pop tart or something. And then, you know, it gives us kind of time to not be starving and then find something in the parks. Jeremy, you are the the coffee on the go guy. Am I going to assume that you are a in the room or on the go breakfast person and not a a sit down restaurant breakfast person? Yep. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather. <laughs> yeah, I, I think rather. I'd rather um, get my breakfast in the room if I had to. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably not eating breakfast and waiting till lunch. <laughs> That is a viable option. I feel like more often than not, I'm so I'm like go, 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 or trying mm -hmm. to worry about getting to the parks and everything going that I just yep. forget about breakfast and yep. then just, you know, gorge <laughs> on snacks up until lunch if, if I do it. Yep. I do not miss a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you making reservations every single morning or are you just grabbing something in the room? Sometimes I will make reservations, but my standard way that I do breakfast is in transit because I don't have time in the morning to waste, mm. especially if I'm trying to get there for early entry. So I'll have coffee and I don't know, a banana or a cliff bar or something. And I will be eating that in transit. My go-to breakfast is I always, I, I normally don't eat breakfast when I'm at Disney world, unless we do a restaurant, which is not very often. My go-to is that we either Instacart or go to Walmart and I will get like the box of instant oatmeal. And I, my wife will be like, are you actually going to eat that? And I'll say, yeah, that's, I'll get up. It's super easy. I'll make some oatmeal and I'll have a little bit. It's good. Like it'd be nice calorically dense for me and it'll be good to go. And then they're like, you know, it's a box of 10. And then we leave a week later and there are nine left that I put in my suitcase that just sit in my suitcase until the next time I pack it. And then I throw them all away. So that is totally my uh, my normal my normal uh, pattern that I do every single Disney trip. It is like tradition now. Uh, so that's that's my thing. 
somebody, I'm going to be really bad at transitions today because I did not think of them beforehand, but somebody that probably ate breakfast in the morning before he went out to uh, school and sang that song at the beginning of a goofy movie was Max. So that's who is in our number three story uh, posted by Mags Detch. Uh, it is a video of Max at the Mickey's uh, Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Max, a uh, walk-around character, dressed as Powerline, and he saw somebody dressed as Roxanne in the crowd, and he pulled her in for uh, the perfect cast dance. And it was, a, it was a nice little moment captured on video. And it made me think uh, that a Goofy movie is a movie that I specifically remember from my childhood a lot. Like, it was a big part of, you know, it was one that people talked about. Kids talked about on the recess schoolyard, everything like that. Uh, but it's also one that I don't feel gets talked about when people talk 90s Disney's movie. I feel we hear just about the Renaissance movies, the Lion Kings, the Aladdins, the Hercules, uh, Emperor's New Groove, that kind of stuff. So I was curious, and Matt, I'll come to you first. Where where does a Goofy movie rank in like Disney animated film history? Is it one that, in your mind, is is one of those top-tier ones, especially from the 90s during the uh, the Renaissance? Or is it... It's just another perfectly serviceable film that is yeah, out there. I, f- I have personally not seen it in a long time. I did watch it growing up. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I'd have to, honestly, I'd have to rewatch it to really be able to place it somewhere. Uh, I do think that it does hold a certain place and it has a lot of the uh, 90s, like Disney, Tony Hawk pro skater aesthetics you know <laughs> that uh is yeah, max skateboarding all precisely. over that kind of stuff. and yeah. i think that that is the type of there is something about having max um who i did see at the tower of terror line max mm-hmm. was there with goofy um but it was cool to see then also at the halloween party like as power line and there's something there's something about that that probably does more for fans slash guests than even Disney uh, expects. I would, I would, I would, I would venture to say that. Jeremy, did you grow up with a goofy movie? Was that one of your go-tos in the little VHS clamshells back in the day? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I do recall seeing it. I don't remember much about it, but no, it wasn't uh, one of my go-to movies. So you probably wouldn't rank it in the top tier uh, Disney Renaissance films, I would say. Then, uh, not not at this time. I'll have to sit down <laughs> and rewatch it and come back to that. I think that that's that is Jeremy's assignment for this week: to go out, <laughs> go to Disney Plus, watch a Goofy movie, and even watch uh, uh, another. What is it uh, called? Another Goofy movie, which is the sequel, which is not as right. bad as people make it out to be. Amber, where does this rank for you? in the all-time Disney films? I actually never saw it as a child. I, I probably saw it for the first time maybe four years ago. Oh, wow. What is that experience like? Because I, I can't imagine. I feel like um, there are many children children's movies, quote-unquote, animated films, whatever you want to call them in that respect, that unless you see them and are able to think back of how you felt watching them as a child, it's a such a different uh, a mindset such a different thought process when you watch them as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I I liked it because I like the soundtrack. I like the music with it. Um, But I thought, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I I don't think I've ever seen the second one. Um, So maybe I have some homework too. 
But, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a cute movie. I mean, I, I know who the characters are. I just, you know, I just don't have that childhood association with it like some people do. A very goofy movie. That was the that was a sequel, a very goofy movie. Um, I loved a goofy movie growing up. I think that it's probably like it's probably in the top five for 90s Disney movies for me. Uh, and I think that this is going to be the controversy. This is going to be the thing that drives people crazy. Hot take alert. I think that a Goofy movie has the best soundtrack of any Disney animated film in the 90s. Which is heavy hitting, I know. But Tevin Campbell, who's an R&B artist, provided the voice of Powerline. And I think that uh, Stand Out or Stand Up Above the Crowd and Eye to Eye will go toe-to-toe and beat any other film or any other uh song from a disney film in the 90s that's my hot take but i think it's true sounds like we need to do a little poll (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah you know what we'll put a poll out i want you to vote on it join the discord server join our walt disney world on reddit vote in the poll and we'll we'll do the field we'll do a goofy movie versus the field 90s animated films you tell us where the best soundtrack is i'm gonna get destroyed in that poll but I will find some of my people. I know I will. <clears throat> where does um, where does uh, uh, a Max character or say like a, a really specialized character where should they live in Walt Disney World? Because I feel like every time we see somebody in like a new costume, it's a big deal. Or you know, like uh, when you see uh, like. Mickey and the Beanstalk Mickey, which I think was a character about five or six years ago, like those really specialized characters seem like they're a really big deal when they come out. But why don't we see them more often? Is it kind of like a Disney vault-esque thing where they don't want to do it too often because then it won't mean as much? You know, do you guys feel that we should have more of those? You know, like what what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because when I saw Max as Powerline, I went, I want to see something like that every time I go into the park, because I love that. I love those specialized, those out-of-the-ordinary things. Where does that fall for you? Like, or, or am I the outlier? I feel like it's kind of nice for it to be random, um, only because it kind of does make the trip a little bit more special. Like, I know that a lot of times, like, for example, the, the Halloween party, that's the only place I think you can meet the seven dwarfs, right? Um... I don't think, yeah, so I don't know if they do it at the Christmas party. I know Halloween, like, that's the only other time you could see them. So, um, you know, that that's kind of like a special thing that a lot of people do. And I know for a long time, like, I love Lotso. I collect Lotso stuff, <laughs> um, which is such a weird character. Like, he's, he literally was in that one movie, right, or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, I love him. But Toy Story 3, a, a great film. You could only see him at the Halloween party. So I would buy a Halloween party ticket just to go and see Lotso. Like, so I think it's kind of nice. Like you just kind of have those random, um, you know, characters kind of pop up. I mean, obviously during Halloween, I wish they had more of them. And I do wish that they had them even more so just kind of like pop up and walk around the parks more, you know, just kind of like walking like, hello, I'm just walking over wherever, you know, I think that would be kind of cool, but I think they kind of just limit it. So it stays special. That's like one thing that's consistently like inconsistent. Jeremy, what what would you think of I, Marvel and Star Wars are big, and we used to have the hyper hyperdrive hoopla. 
But how would you feel if, you know, the Fab Five, you know, Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Donald and Daisy or and, and Pluto were walking around as like the Avengers or as uh, Finn and Ray and all of them? Like, is that something you would want to see or is that am I am I crazy? Um, I think I think that'd be something I'd want to see. I'm not I'm not too big on uh, character meet and greets. Um, one year we went out and did every single one of them and that was about it. But if they had something special like that, I, I do think we would stop and we'd do pictures and stuff. I think that'd be kind of cool. Jer- I got Jeremy on my side. Matt, <laughs> are you going to make sure that I win this debate or are you tying with Amber here? Uh, I I would love, I mean, I would love a thousand characters walking the park. I, I think with the Disneyland trip, that was really cool to see the characters walking around a little bit more than they do at Disney World. And Every time, I mean, I saw Mary Poppins and Alice and the Mad Hatter a dozen times, but every time I thought, oh, this is awesome. This is cool that they're walking around, interacting with people. I It does make me sad, but I understand that these limited characters uh, oftentimes are behind some sort of basically paywall with the tickets to these parties, and I wish that that wasn't the case, or I think... Um, Jeremy kind of talked about I think it was Jeremy or maybe it was you Zach that mentioned just like having more of them to help even spread out those lines because I think it'd be cool to meet Jack and Sally but I don't think I would I don't think I'll ever do it uh, at a party you don't want to wait six hours no. and have that be your entire it was Halloween wild party? though because at Disneyland the wait was like 20 minutes and at Disney World because uh, they were in New Orleans Square and it was, I mean, there was probably six parties in the line. And at the party, which is, you know, an additional cost, it, I don't know how long that line is. I, I don't even, yeah, can't imagine staying in that line. Uh, so I don't know. I think uh, I, w- I would be pro bring all the characters. I love it. And with that, Zach won Amber nothing in this debate. It's not it's not that I No, no, to- I you hate you hate characters. You want them behind paywalls. <laughs> you want people to have to pay more money. You and Bob Chapek are best friends. I get what you're saying, Amber, okay? I'm not good at explaining. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I think it's special. I'm not saying that it should just only be at the parties, but I like that it's not planned. I think it's kind of just adds to the magic when you don't expect to see it. That's that's yeah, all I'm saying. It's the idea that if every day is Christmas, no day is really Christmas. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to number four on our list of the top posts from the last two weeks. Posted by XCheck76, Hollywood Tower Hotel looming in the fog. This is actually a really cool picture. I just got a new ultra-wide monitor, and if I can make this work, this might be my new wallpaper. But um, – it was taken, uh, X-Check says that this photo was taken of the Hollywood Tower Hotel uh, kind of peeking through the fog, just the top of it. And it was from uh, Coronado Springs Resort, the 16th floor of Grand Destino Tower. Uh, so it's a very, very cool photo of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. X-Check, if you're listening, that's awesome. I appreciate you posting it. But it made me think, is the Hollywood Tower Hotel still the icon for Hollywood Studios? It used to be the Earful Tower. Then it became, I feel like the Hollywood Tower Hotel became that. Then it was the Sorcerer's Hat for a while. That went away. 
And then officially it's the Hollywood Tower Hotel. But I feel like Hollywood Studios is Star Wars more than anything else nowadays. And Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, so you can say uh, the the Chinese theater. But is the Hollywood uh, Tower Hotel, is that still the icon of the park? Jeremy, yes or no? Icon or no? Yes, I think it's still the icon of the park. Matt? Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, Disney thinks so, at least with all the merchandise, and I would tend to agree with it being, <laughs> despite Star Wars and Mickey Minis, it, it really is still, when you're walking up to the gates, like you see it, it's the thing that's drawing you toward the park. Amber? Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree that I, I think it is the icon for that park, even even though, you know, Star Wars is there and heavy, but yeah, I think it is. You know, the I mean, I, I Hollywood, uh, the, the Tower of Terror is probably my favorite, uh, my favorite ride attraction in Hollywood Studios. So I agree that I think out of everything I mentioned is the icons, but um What's the the Mickey uh, above the information center when you first walk in? Is it the Crossroads of America? Is that what they call it? The like Mickey on the weather vane? Crossroads of America. I'm surprised that there's never been a push to make that the icon or to really kind of showcase that more. Because I feel like it it's the first thing you would walk into when you walk into the park. It's also got Mickey on it. It's none of the other icons really are, are have Mickey specifically on it. And I feel like it's one of those things that could easily sell to hardcore Disney fans. Uh, you know, the Disney adults, as well as, Oh, I just want something with Mickey on it to remember my day. Like, boom, there it is. I'm surprised that the crossroads of America has never been uh, a bigger thing. With that said, since we do know that that photo was taken from Grand Destino Tower over at Coronado Springs Resort. If you, as like, I'm sure all of us are people that help those who are going to go to Disney and, oh, yeah, I hear you're a big Disney fan. Do you have any advice for me? If somebody says, I really love Hollywood Studios, we love Star Wars, we love all of that, that's the park we want to go to, where would you tell them is the best resort to stay at? Amber, where's the best resort to stay in your mind to go to Hollywood Studios? Hmm. I've never stayed at a hotel over that way. Um, I like to stay on the monorail. My husband likes to call me a monorail princess. So <laughs> we generally stay I mean, at the that's monorail. Pretty, that's pretty bougie if you're only doing monorail resorts. Yeah, that's why I got the DVC in my divorce. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess, let me think. I mean, it would definitely have to be probably somewhere on you know, the Skyliner line, I would think. Um, which hotel, I'm not really sure, because like I said, I've never stayed at any of those. But um, yeah, I would say probably something on the Skyliner. The Skyliner, I think the only resort that you won't have to transfer to get to Hollywood Studios on the Skyliner is Caribbean Beach. Everything else involves a transfer at the Caribbean Beach uh, station. So would you say Caribbean Beach or... There's also Pop Century, Art of Animation, and the Riviera on the Skyliner. Um, the Riviera looks very pretty. Oh, God, um, it's so nice. It's so nice. I'm going to say that because I like I like the aesthetic of it, I think, out of, out of all those. I like that one, so I'm going to say that. Matt? 
I'm going to go with, I stayed at the Dolphin. So the Swan-Dolphin combo is phenomenal for Hollywood Studios and Epcot. To be able to walk to both parks, I cannot overstate how incredible that was. Jeremy, where are you sending people if they want to uh, go to Hollywood Studios? What resort? Well, the only uh, resort I've ever stayed at over near that area would be the uh, Movies Resort. Okay. Um, Outside of that, we're not really big uh, resort people. (laughs) So we don't put a lot of time and effort into where we're going. Uh, But I'd I'd probably have to go with uh, something like that. Just that's the only place I've been over there. That's one. Hey man, I growing up we were we were Kissimmee hotel people. That's how I went to Disney growing up. So I get that. My uh, uh, my, my brother actually lives down there. That's where we usually stay. Ah, uh, so. see, <laughs> you you got a, a money saving brother right there, no doubt. Yep. Yep. I you know I go back and forth because Riviera. My my parents own a very small contractor Riviera, um, and we were lucky enough to use that through a series of events. Myself, my wife, and at the time our three year old had a two-bedroom at Riviera. Like just the three of us had a two-bedroom at Riviera. And it was gorgeous. I love that resort so much. Um, The pool is great. The little splash area is great. I love it. Um, And it's a really great resort if you want to go to Hollywood Studios because you can be on the Skyliner, which I love as an attraction of its own. But, Matt, I'm kind of with you because I feel like the Epcot area resorts get forgotten about when it becomes talking about Hollywood Studios when not only can you walk to it, it's a little bit of a walk, but not that bad. Um, you can also take one of the boats that goes around and take it to uh, to Hollywood Studios. <clears throat> and I feel like I've never personally stayed at, at uh, Beach Club or Yacht Club, but I have stayed at the, at the boardwalk. And I really enjoyed kind of the atmosphere of the boardwalk. And I enjoyed being able to walk over and everything like that. So I might say the boardwalk. I think the boardwalk is, is the spot if you're going to go to Hollywood studios as well. And also you get the benefit of being right by the international gateway for Epcot, which you can't beat that. Cannot beat that. Let's move to our final post of the past two weeks. This one, speaking of Hollywood studios comes straight from the heart of galaxy's edge posted by wonderland for me. It's a photo that many people who have taken uh, this trip uh, through Rise have taken. It's the uh, the Rise of the Resistance Stormtroopers as you enter in. And she said, or they say, Rise does not disappoint. And a lot of people talking about the Rise of the Resistance experience. So I feel like for about a year, Rise of the Resistance was easily the best theme park attraction anybody had ever been on. It topped all of the list. Everybody was saying that, at least domestically. But now that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has come out, I personally have not ridden either. I've been there multiple times since they've been open, but I, I, hey, Rise at the time was only doing, um, it was just doing the virtual queue and I could never get in. And, uh, and we had my son and like a bunch of people when we were there last time, this past September. And when we went into Epcot and I, I had gotten like eight people boarding group four for Guardians of the Galaxy. So it was like, I did it. I got up early. I did all the things. I got it. And when we got in there, my son started throwing a meltdown that he didn't want to wait, like do rider swap. So I just decided to take him and we walked to World Showcase and like we just started walking around. Um, So like the rest of the party got to do Cosmic Rewind, but I didn't get to do it. And I never got to go back the whole trip. So I haven't done it yet. 
but I want to ask you guys to see if you guys have written them. And I want to hear your opinions on Guardians of the Galaxy or Rise of the Resistance, which is the the king of attractions at Walt Disney World. Jeremy, have you been on on either of these? And can you give an opinion? Yeah, I, I've done I've done both of them. Uh, a, a quick funny story on Rise. Uh, we we rode it, and the the ride broke down at the very end, like right as you're about to come outside the building. And we got a pass <laughs> to ride it again, and it opened up about 20 minutes later, and we got to ride it again. <laughs> it was that is it was pretty best great case scenario. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I really like Rise. Uh, it's a great ride. That's the first time I've ever ridden something with that kind of technology. Um. But I, I feel I'm more of a coaster person, so I think I'm going to have to go with Cosmic. Cosmic Rewind. Okay. I I feel like, and Amber, correct <clears throat> me if I'm wrong here, because, again, haven't done either of them. Uh, Rise is like a level of fully immersive theming, almost like LARPing, because you get to interact with like the, the Imperial officers that are there and all that kind of stuff. And the you know the transport and you got to get out and all of that kind of stuff. I feel like that's super more inc- like inclusive of a theming standpoint. But everybody I talk to, all they talk about is like the music with the coaster of Cosmic Rewind. Which one reigns supreme in your mind? So <laughs> I love the theming and the immersement of Rise of the Resistance. I still, even being being on that ride tons of times, just when you first walk in the room with the stormtroopers, it still blows my mind. When you're on the ride and you're in the room with the ADAT, still blows my mind. But having just rode um, Cosmic Rewind, that ride is amazing. Maybe not for younger kids. I'll go and saying that because I was a little bit nervous. My husband gets motion sickness and I was afraid, you know, that... And I, I don't know if my kid could even handle it, but that ride is so cool. It is immersive, but I don't feel like because you're not walking through as much, it's not as immersive as Rise of the Resistance. But I, it's it's probably the best coaster for sure at, at Disney World. I mean, it's just, it's so cool and fun. Um, and I actually got a little bit dizzy, <laughs> which I don't actually get motion sickness on ride. I was just a little surprised. So I, I had to like, sit down a minute i guess because my brain just couldn't figure i was going on you're spinning your in the music and you're just like trying to look at everything and that ride incredible incredible matt are you making it a clean sweep with cosmic rewind as being absolutely yeah i i love cosmic rewind i have been on it i don't know 10 times now i love it it's it's certainly my favorite disney ride right now Wow. So everybody says, and this is again, me, cause I haven't watched like any ride throughs or anything. I don't want to until I actually experience it. So like Matt, it's, it's like the number one for you, super, you know, best Disney ride. Can you pinpoint what it is about it that makes it so great? Or is it just like, it's just fun. Cause everybody I talk to just says like, it's just super fun. Yeah. Uh, as let's see, as non spoiler or informative as possible, <laughs> the feel of the ride is one of the more unique, if not one of the most unique feelings. And I really like how they designed 
the way that it moves, then the other element of it that is um, unpredictable, so to speak, uh, I find really interesting. And um, the the first, I don't want to give any spoilers away. Uh, the first time I wrote it, it was like <laughs> what I what I was able to experience the first time was like perfect for me. And it felt like somehow they had read my mind for what I wanted and that sealed the deal. Uh, and I've enjoyed it ever since. Well, I guess this is one of those rides that I have to make a point of going. My wife was very much like, she was trying to have me go back to Epcot at night one time and try to ride it, but it just, it didn't work out. I'm, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Marvel guy. I'm a big Cosmo, or I'm a big uh, Guardians guy. So, just didn't didn't happen for me. But I'm sure it will happen one day, and I look forward to that day. Uh, I want to move on to our next segment, which of course is where we go through what we missed and what we uh, what we missed this past two weeks. We've talked a lot about uh, the great stories that were nominated and voted up on our Walt Disney World on Reddit, which, of course, you can go to reddit.com slash r slash Walt Disney World. Join the community. Start talking. You can actually find a link on that site as well to join the Discord for our Walt Disney World. Join the talk that's going on there. Even as we record this, people are asking best restaurants in Disney Springs, uh, best place to to grab a, a hot chocolate, all those kind of things. You can join that conversation, help out people in there. Uh, but every single week or every single episode, we all bring a story that we missed that wasn't highlighted. So I'm going to start with Matt. Matt, what is your story we missed? Yeah, this well, week? it makes sense that it was missed. It When I checked the blog just today, it said that the uh, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue is supposed to open spring 2023, which is not... <laughs> but Matt, I thought that was supposed to open up in fall well, of 2022. Fall 2022 is more of a five-year period. That's that's how you have to think of years <laughs> when Disney says something. It's more think of a year as a five-year period. Yeah. Plus or minus. Yeah. Got They're like dog years. They're Disney years. Uh, yeah, so we'll see if this opens in the spring. I would love to go on a spring trip, but I will not book a hotel or plan any dates until these spring 2023, uh, openings actually receive a hard date. Are you saying that bar or barbecue roundup and Tron are at the same level of anticipation for you? You're, <laughs> you're putting, I will not book a hotel until I know both Tron and barbecue roundups opening dates. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they contribute to each other, I would say. Just, <laughs> just really, really like barbecue and uh, motorcycle-style coasters. That's You know what? It's Barbecue oh, no. Matt. There's our new, our new nickname, Barbecue Matt. BBQ Matt is the nickname for the show. Jeremy, what was the story that we missed this week? <clears throat> So it looks like we have a, another price increase uh, for Just the Disney Just what we Park. all wanted. And uh, this actually started December 8th. And it, it's not a full price increase specifically. It, it, it's, uh, it's an increase on each park separately. So um, this is for admission tickets into, yes. into the parks. Yes, yeah, so so if we decided uh, we wanted to go to Disney tomorrow and uh, we're looking at the tickets, we now have the option to pick the Magic Kingdom Park at $154 a ticket 
or we could do Epcot at 144 tomorrow. Uh, Hollywood Studios is 154, and Animal Kingdom is 144. So depending on uh, slander you know, how busy Kingdom, they're uh, I love expecting it to be, it seems like the uh, yeah the, uh, the the prices are going to be a little higher on the busier days. Yeah, I feel like I mean, Jeremy, what happened here? Bob Iger was supposed to come in and make all the tickets twenty dollars or nineteen ninety nine. We were supposed to go back to the Adventures Club was going to open up again next week. Like, why are we getting price increases? What's up with this, Jeremy? You brought this story in. I need answers. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm assuming this stuff was already planned before Iber, Iger stepped in. Um, and, and it's something that Iger is obviously probably not going to change. Uh, and, and, and in my opinion, while uh, you know the prices are starting to go up, I, I do like the idea of separate pricings per park. It's just hard. I mean, yeah, I agree with you on all that. I think that it kind of makes sense. And I've heard people talk about this being a way to keep locals out to make it easier for people who who are coming in for vacations and i understand all of that but it's just so hard to think that i remember when uh, just uh, feels like a few years ago the the single day tickets broke a hundred dollars and that was like wow where are we at and now one day into magic kingdom's 154 that's it's a lot of money for that's one day. pretty crazy yeah yep I feel like most people aren't just going to do one day tickets, but it's uh that's yeah, man, that's a lot. That's a lot. Amber, what is your uh, story that we missed this, uh, this episode? Yeah, I had something, but I'm like, Oh, I saw something else that was interesting. No. So my thing was um, they finally released the phantasmic dinner packages for 2023. Oh, okay. um, they released the end of the year winter ones. They didn't include January on. So, um, this week they actually released those. So if you're listening to this and I highly recommend doing it, um, you get great seating. We did it when we went and I think actually Matt, Matt also did. Um, and you get like four restaurants to pick from and, um, you could do lunch or dinner, I think at those. And, um, yeah, I mean, we got perfect seating and my, and my husband had never seen it. So it was really nice that we actually had really good seats. Um, for him to experience the first show. So highly recommend going there type, you know, fantastic dinner package. Um, and you'll be able to find that. And that's, and the dinner package is it's, you get a reservation at one of the Hollywood studio, uh, uh, restaurants. And then in addition to your dinner there, you also get reserved seating or like a section is reserved for those people. At yeah. Fantastic. As long as you're there before a certain time, they, they do. If you come after a certain time or late, you may not get seating. So you, you do want to try to get there, you know, when they tell you early. Um, but yeah, so you get the dinner or the lunch um, and then you get the reserved seating, which is great. Cause if you saw the line for Fantastic, cause it's new, right. So it just came back. Um, it was all the way to like, past the tower of terror was all the way down that main road and i was like we have a reservation just like walk right up it was nice a little fast pass <laughs> uh, i do the one time we've only ever done phantasmic once and I, I enjoy it but it's just not my thing like i don't make a i don't go out of my way for it but my wife and i were there i think like 2014 and we did it and we wanted to do the dining package but we ended up not being able to for it. We couldn't make a reservation. So I went to guest services and I asked like, hey, can you help me make a reservation? Can you tell me where is their availability? Because we want to do it for Fantasmic, but we just, we haven't been able to do it yet. 
Um, and they said, are you just, you're looking to do that so you can have a space at Fantasmic? I said, yeah, we really want to make sure we have one. And then she reached under the desk and pulled out two of the little reservation things for Fantasmic, handed them to me and said, have a great day. And then I was like, wow. yeah, it was great. I wrote a little cast compliment for her. That was a, a little magical moment made right there. That's the extent that I know for the dining packages. Oh, all right. My story we missed. And I was going back and forth between a couple like you were, Amber. But near and dear to my heart, even though I was an adult when I first did this, is the um, it's the, the World Showcase Games. World Showcase Games. So uh, it used to be Kim Possible. It's World Showcase Adventure. Then it was Phineas and Ferb's World Showcase Adventure, which I love Phineas and Ferb. Seen every episode. Love it with all my heart. And now it's been closed for a while, but now they're relaunching it. We actually have an official date uh, relaunching the game this Friday, the 16th. Uh, it's going to be the DuckTales World Showcase Adventure. And instead of actually getting a, a physical flip phone or a physical phone like you would for Kim Possible or for Phineas and Ferb, this game is now housed inside of the Disney Parks Play app on your phone. And you work with Huey, Dewey, and Louie and the rest of the DuckTales gang to run around World Showcase and find clues and use NFC on your phone to unlock things and, and do so many cool things that you can learn all about the countries. Um, I love it. I love it so much. I, I think it's a great – I think this style of attraction is what I wish more – I wish would happen more in Disney World. I think this is classic Disney style. I hate the like, what would Walt say if he saw it today, blah, blah, blah. But like I feel that those original Imagineers, if they had the technology of today, this is the type of stuff that they would be all about. I think this is that. So DuckTales World Showcase Adventure coming to Epcot uh, opening December 16th of 2022 so if you're going down uh after you hear this make sure you play the game it is uh great this was also originally supposed to launch uh summer of 2020 so it's been a long time coming for this to uh to be made public uh with that that's going to be it that's going to be this episode of the wall street journal at the end of every episode I make sure to tell you that you can email the show. Email us at waltstreetjournalpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter because, hey, Twitter's still around. Who knew that would happen? I thought it'd be dead and burning by now, but it's still there. Walt ST Journal. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, check out our anchor page if you want to learn about more places that we are streaming. But you can find us in all of your favorite podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Pocket Cast, whatever you got. Uh, you can find us there, uh, or you go to anchor.com or sorry, anchor.fm slash Walt Street Journal podcast. Uh, you know what? I want to say a big congratulations uh, to Jeremy on his first episode of Wall Street Journal. Jeremy, hey man, thanks for being here. We hope to see you next time on the podcast, man. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on here. Jeremy was a great uh, member of the panel. And, of course, Amber and Barbecue Matt were here, as they are all the time. I'm. This is going to be my favorite running gag, just coming up with a new nickname for Matt every single show. Uh, and Barbecue Matt is my favorite thus far. Because <laughs> all I can think of is, like, a, I, I need a caricature of you with, like, a barbecue bib on and just a big slab of, like, ribs. That's what I'm picking. When I see you on the screen right now, that's what I see in my head. I think it's a 
bit better than trash mat or trash can mat. So I'm good with the barbecue caricature. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, gals, non-binary pals out there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the wall street journal. We are going to be back next, uh, next episode with five more stories from the R Walt Disney world subreddit. You can check us out uh, at reddit.com slash R slash Walt Disney world. There's a link on there to check out the Discord server where we are all hanging out all the time. So come on over and say hi. But until next time, this is Zach for Amber, for Matt, for Jeremy. We'll see you real soon right here on the Wall Street Journal.